BuickBuick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, Oilers had a hell of a night without breaking a sweat last night. We'll tell you why. Plus, two huge games this weekend for Edmonton as the top of the division Vancouver Canucks are starting to feel like Dennis Weaver in the movie Duel. If you know, you know. You can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. After the show, Apple and Spotify podcasts will take care of you. We also tweet it out. You can text or call us 1-833-401-1440. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%, cash discounts, and more on remaining 2023 Sierra Half Tons, plus cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. WolfGMCBuick.com. We are available on Twitter, at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, at Declan Kruger. Our guest today, Tyler Uremchuk, John Shipley from St. Paul Pioneer Press, and we have declinations with both Declan and Donovan. I don't know if we could combine that. It would be declinations. Maybe we can't. We won't try again, I promise you. All right, we begin by saying hello to Declan, who is the longest tenured producer on the show. <laughs> Short uh, list, but yes. You know, you've been, how long have we been doing this show? Like six months? About six months, I think, yeah. yeah. All right. I never thought we'd get this far. Really? Hey, you just didn't have faith in me. I think us. You yeah, know, not sure. necessarily you specifically. And I really, like, I've lost faith a lot since Donovan arrived. Oh, how that you, would, Donovan? Yeah. I'm good, but I'm... I'm- very, very hurt now that you just said that. I'm uh, sorry. I was teasing. You know what that's I, about, right? Although there's a little edge to it because of your opinion on Pulp Fiction. I got to say, <laughs> you know. Well, there's going to be an opinion on some some players later. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. What's our declinations about today, boys? The top five underachievers so far in the NHL this season. Not teams, players. What about referees? I, it was close, but no referees made okay. the list. So players. Yes. Are there any Oilers? I uh, I won't speak for Donovan's list, but uh, I have a sneaking suspicion mine may include an Oiler. Wow. Mine does not. Mine does uh, include someone in the in the province on their uh, their southern. Okay. Uh, team. Well, now you're the great giving tease. too much away. Yeah. Well, no, I think I know both answers, but that's okay. And it's all good. It's all good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, we've got Yaremchuk uh, from Daily Faceoff. We'll talk about the orders and John Shipley from St. Paul Pioneer Press as well. It's going to be a good show. Okay. Minnesota's playing well. That's one thing I will say. So I asked, the top question I have today has already been answered by Jason Gregory. He was at the uh, practice, and he has McDavid between Fogel and Hyman, Dreisaitl between Nuge and Kane, McLeod with Yanmark and Perry, Ryan with Holloway and Brown, and that means Mr. Popular, Sam Gagne, not in the lineup. Nurse Cece, Ekholm Bouchard, Kulak, Deharnay, and Pickard starts, of course. Stuart Skinner will play in the Battle of Alberta, which goes tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. Declan, do you like the idea of Fogel starting the game on the top line after scoring a pair the other night? I do, and that's the exact reason why. How he played last uh, last game out, I thought he has earned another shot in the top uh, on the top line there. I like it. I like Nuge with Dry as well. I obviously like Nuge on that first line a lot, but I like how it's going to look going into the game today. And what about you, Donovan, uh, Mr. Au Contraire? Do you like the idea of Fogel on the top line? You know what? I think it's always a smart smart idea to reward players for for games when they play exceptionally well and Warren Fogel was fantastic last game he he fit on that line seamlessly so why not reward the guy that that's just my thought process and it makes Leon's line maybe better we'll we'll see and I'm going to turn it around now I'm going to turn this around going to turn this rig around I'm turning it around we're all going home if anybody has to go to the bathroom before Red Deer we're not going okay I'll start with you Donovan this time 
say Ken Holland acquires a forward and a defenseman at the deadline. Name the two players who are going off the roster. I'm going to say Matisse Janmark. Mm-hmm. And then probably, I ha- just have a feeling, Brett Kulak. Really? Interesting. I, I have a feeling it's Brett Kulak and, and Matthias Janmark. I think Janmark would be the easiest one to stomach, but I, there's going to be a tough decision. You. Well, I, I think most people would agree with me on that one. I don't. I, I mean, okay, but <laughs> you know what? It's going to be a tough decision either way to stomach who goes in and who goes mm, out, so yeah. I, I have a feeling it's Brett Kulak. Okay, and you have Kulak and Janmark as your guys going on if there's two acquisitions. Yes, assuming okay. there's two acquisitions and one of them's got some big money uh, yeah. with their deal. So yeah. What about you, Declan? I would say Kulak and Fogel. Interesting. Yep. So a big deal. I think so. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm going to say this, and I will say no more. I, and I, I don't want to have this happen, but I think it's going to happen. I think the, the two players who are going to head out of town are Fogel and Sam Gagne. I like both of them a ton. Sam Gagne would, I think, be the obvious one to get sent down in this situation. That's what you're but, talking about. Well, I'm saying he wouldn't be on the roster. Yeah. Right. They've acquired somebody maybe for He's a pick, gone. and they've got to send somebody down or off yeah, the roster. Yeah. No, listen, I don't, it's not going to be a popular pick around here, but I think, it, I think it makes sense. Well, if you look at who's being healthy scratched most often, and people will say, I know the text line, I haven't looked at it. Connor Brown, Connor, Connor Brown does things. And... He's a little faster than Derek Ryan. Ryan can play center. Brown can play right wing. I do think that Janmark is in tough because of Holloway, but I think he would make the grade over Gagne. And then, of course, Fogel, who is extremely valuable. I'd like to keep him. And then I keep going back to maybe they don't need to do anything, but I think Ken Holland, if we know him, is going to acquire a defenseman, and I suspect they're going to either get a right-handed center or a second-line right wing who may also be right-handed. That's my guess. We'll see. I do think Gagne would go before Brown. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. What about you? Gagne before Brown? Yeah, I, w- I would lean towards Gagne before Brown as well, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're clear on that. I think we all agree. Um, I'm going to tell a story. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before I ramble on and prattle? No, sir. Your show. The floor is yours. Well, I just want to get into this, and it's kind of obscure. Imagine me being obscure. Uh, what time does Murata Tesh join us? One o'clock today. One o'clock. Okay. Top of the hour. I, I, I didn't have him on my list because usually we only have like two guests, but Murat is one of my favorite people, and I'm about to talk about why he's joining us. Murat is a great writer and a very smart guy, and he writes for The Athletic, and I'm always interested in the Winnipeg Jets. He writes about them and the team surviving. And... There's a great article. Chris Johnston has it in the, the Athletic Today. I recommend it. They're off. Their season ticket packages are off by quite a bit. And there's some real honesty uh, from the owner of the team about what they have not done right and that they need to do better. And this is one of those rare times when you're, you're actually, I think, looking at, at the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And... Right now, I think the Winnipeg... I'm not saying they're going to move tomorrow, but there is a concern there. And it's something that Edmonton Oilers fans should be aware of and concerned about. And you go, well, this has happened before. It's no big deal. Winnipeg went to Arizona, then they got the Thrashers. It's okay. It's, it's not okay. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little ancient history on you. Okay, in 1954-55, one of the best players in the Western Hockey League, which at the time was a pro league, there was no Western Junior League. It was the Western Hockey League, and at that time there were great players who would end up being fantastic NHL players on the team. The Edmonton Flyers that year had Johnny Busick and Norm Ullman, among others, on the team. And Glenn Hall was on that team. It was a really good pro league. You know, there was guys who were like 35 years old in it. Gal Fielder played his whole career there. It was a great pro league. And in 54-55, here are the towns and cities that the WHL played out of. Edmonton Flyers, Victoria Cougars, Vancouver Canucks, Calgary Stampeders, New Westminster Royals, Saskatoon Quakers. Now, after that, there was one of those cities that got an NHL team, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. Fifteen years later, 71-72, the year before WHA expansion. So there's no pro team in Edmonton, there's no pro team in Calgary, and there is the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, there's no pro team in New Westminster, Saskatoon, or Victoria as well, okay? 71-72, the Western Hockey League played out of Denver, Phoenix, Portland, San Diego, Salt Lake, and Seattle. And the reason is economics. The reason is the league got so popular, expanded to the States, and then when it expanded to the States, as soon as there was any kind of crunch time, oil, any kind of problem with destinations, anything like that. Since 72, a lot of it has to do with passports and crossing borders. It's very important that the National Hockey League say seven strong in Canada. And I know you're saying, oh, come on, Al. I'm telling you, this is an economics thing. Keeping Winnipeg and getting Quebec too, getting to eight, would be important. Canada is absolutely going to have NHL teams. But when you lose Winnipeg again, you're not going to get them back. You're just not. And I think Ottawa is also vulnerable. So if you love hockey in Canada, if you love so many NHL Canadian teams, this is an important moment for the Winnipeg Jets. And I love that the owner said, man, I don't know that we did a great job. I love that. So we'll talk to Murata Tesh about that. We'll also ask him if there's any, you know, houses in Winnipeg that are dedicated to the Guess Who Museum. Shouldn't there be a Guess Who Museum? Also maybe a, a Randy Backman Museum and a Burton Cummings Museum, and Neil Young lived there for a time. There's a lot of great music comes out of Winnipeg. CC and La- uh, Yanmark should go out. Kulak is good in the playoffs, a better D-man from Gordon. Well, it's, it's the lefty-righty thing, right, Gordon? Nude, not a great player. <laughs> every day, every day, every day. It's like oxygen. Well, it's noon. We better text that Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't good. He should be traded. The The game he did not play recently, I guarantee when you watch that game, you went, God, Nugent isn't on the PK. Nugent isn't on the power play. Nugent is not on the five-on-five. But that's what happens. By the way, we do not have Lansky today. He'll be back next week. Major League Baseball, are we excited about anything except for the fact that the Blue Jays signed all the free agents and made all the big trades this winter? I mean, 
I'll be honest. I'm really excited to see Shohei Otani as a Dodger. Just that whole team. Well, and the Dodgers never get a break. So yeah, they they never get a break. They're just a really unfortunate team in baseball. But uh, they're going to be super exciting to watch this year. They've got tons of tons of new players, tons of talent. They they should be an absolute juggernaut. I, I, do I want to see them win? No. But they but should be a ton of fun to watch. You have to have a team that you hate watch, right? Like, I believe that in my heart. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You got to have somebody you hate to watch, but... That's uh, what Toronto fulfills in Canada. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. They're they're going to be a really fun, fun team to watch. They're going to be must-watch television with Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. You know, they've they've just got way too much talent to to not watch them. Give me your top three teams in the AL East this year. The AL East, I'm going to go Baltimore at number one. Uh-huh. The The young talent's going to just yeah, continue I, I to get better. Yeah. They're such a good team already. Uh, then I would go the Yankees at two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Juan Soto edition's huge. It Gives is. them Judge and Soto, two absolutely fantastic baseball players. Lefty, righty, kick-ass, man. Oh, 100%. And then, and then I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to say the Jays get... Go at four. You know what? And I agree with you. I didn't know where I didn't know where you had the Bosox because they're famous, right? But they're also confused. They're they're a very confusing management group, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh it's twelve fifteen. Very quickly before we take a break. Uh CFL draft is April thirtieth. The Elks have the first overall pick. There's a tight end from Lethbridge who plays for Arizona. His name is Tanner McLachlan. And I'd like to get him on the show at some point in time. I think that would be really cool. We got a, such a busy show. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. We've got like you know how Gregor sends out like a, a list and it's like eleven miles long, like it's all you have to actually click on it to get all the names. We're damn near there. NHL rumors is on the way next, and then at twelve forty, John Shipley, beat writer for St. Paul Pioneer Press, will talk about the Wild and a nice impressive young run here. Uh, at uh, Tesh will join us at one o'clock from the Athletic Winnipeg to talk about the Jets and season tickets. Tyler Gramchuk from Daily Faceoff talking deadline and the weekend for the autos and declination at 140. I want to remind you as well, it's the Battle of Alberta Watch Party hosted by Kevin Carius from Sports 1440 tomorrow night at Century Sports Bar and Lounge at Century Casino on Fort Road. The game time is 8 o'clock. Be there early because you can enter to win tickets for that night's game, tomorrow night's game, between 5 and 7. And then Carius gets there, give away a bunch of prizes, watch the game, have some good food, chatter. I was at the last one, and it was a blast. Everybody kind of talked about the team and, at that time, how bad things were. And, I mean, look at it. Everything changed. Everything got better. So this one probably puts them over the top and, and you know, ensures a Stanley Cup for the Edmonton Oilers. Carius a pretty powerful guy. NHL rumors on the way. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. <laughs> It's the Lowdown Friday edition on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out. WolfGMCBuick.com. Waiting for a letter from her guy. You guys have any concept of what it was like back in the olden days before, like, you know, DMing and text messaging and all of that stuff? You had to wait for a letter in the mail. I do remember calling my friends home landlines and asking their parents if they could hop on the phone and hang out. So yeah. I lived in the good old days. Yeah, our house was always it was a it was a mess. My friend Terry would call and it would be my name and then just screamed. Just hello tide. That'd be my mom. 
And then if I didn't answer, my dad would get up and what the hell? And then he'd wander around and find me. Like you were, you were, you were a suspect when the phone rang and it was for you. And then there was the whole, oh, yeah. don't stay on for long because we were on a, uh, you know what a party line is? Yeah. Yeah. So, because other people needed, you couldn't talk all day mm. and then you'd hear people listening to you. Quite the deal. And on the cord, the cord phone, like you didn't want your mom overhearing what you were talking about. Yeah, which oh, was, was impossible because moms heard everything. Yeah, I know they really did. Yeah, it was a different world. We'll go away with nothing. Uh, the coyotes have. Well, this is the rumors segment. In case you didn't know, um, coyotes have waived Adam Rosicka for pers- purposes of contract termination. I don't know the story. I'm reading the story, but Donovan knows the story without saying exactly what the white substance is or is alleged to be what what was it was instagram yeah it was an instagram story and um he he's very much gotten himself into some trouble here that's uh and yeah. does it make him unemployable in the national hockey league well um evgeny kuznetsov if you remember after the cup party he um had the same substance in his possession and he got a, I think it was a three-game suspension. So Evgeny Kuznetsov is a different player than Ruzichka, but it, maybe someone takes a chance on him if he goes into some rehab, but I would think this might be the end. Would you? Well, uh, yeah. And he, oftentimes, guys end up going in Europe, right? Like they end up back there. He's not, he's, he's not a, like a key this is awful to say, but if he was a key player, then I think this would have gone in a different direction. Yeah, it'd be more similar to the Kuznetsov situation when Washington won. But yeah, he's not exactly a, a key player, like you said. So you got to think he's going to have the, the go-away treatment. The We were talking about this yesterday, specifically Donovan and I, about Pavel Bichnevich. And we found out after our conversation yesterday that the ask is apparently like a couple of first-round picks and something. So a team that gets him, you're, you're getting him $5.8 million this and next year, but then he's going to want eight. So you could get him, pay that much, and then have to trade him next year because he may not sign here. And the Oilers can't afford $8 million for another guy. So I don't see them acquiring him. Well, I don't, I don't think you would trade him. I, I, if you're in this situation, I think you would ride it out for both playoff runs and then... If he walks, he walks. But it, like, you get him for two runs. But okay, no. What is he at? Five point eight million. Five point eight million. Okay, let's 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 do the group thing here. If you traded both Fogel and Kulak, that's five point five. If they retained what a million and a half, yeah, you'd have to throw in a second round pick, and then you could afford to have a one point five million dollar player on your roster. Keep in mind, the Oilers have two point three million projected salary cap okay. space of the deadline. So, so, so maybe, maybe if they they uh, retained two million and it's three point eight, the Oilers would only have to trade one of Kulak or Fogel. Yeah, right. yeah. In 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 theory, yes. Uh, so, I don't think it's on. It's uh, he's unattainable. It's it's just are they willing to pay that price? Well, I think it, based on what's out there, because it sounds like uh, the the um, Gensel deal, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but there, I think it was Elliot Friedman said, maybe somebody's going to sign him and the owners can't afford to do that. And m- maybe they check down to Bednevich. 
Yeah, Elliot, Elliot said uh, he would most likely not sign in Edmonton, even if they tried to extend him. But Wasn't it a matter of them not having the money to do it? That's what I read. Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. I think mm. he prefers to play in the U.S. as well. So um, Bushnevich would be the best check down available, hands down. So if they're really serious about going for a top end forward, Bushnevich kind of has to be the guy, doesn't he? Well, I think he's the, I, I think he's the guy next up on the list after Gensel, or maybe even before Gensel. But I, I I think you could check down to somebody else if if Butchnevich, if you can't re- read that price. It sounds like it's two first round picks and a guy. The Oilers have twenty four and twenty five first round picks, and they could trade them somebody else. But that's a lot. For two years. It is a lot, but at the same time, like, okay, what what did Tampa give up for for? For Blake Coleman, what, what or what it was, was it that? It was quite a lot. It was, it was quite, quite a lot. Quite yeah. a lot. And the, the difference between a Blake Coleman and a Bushnevich, I think it's more than uh, than what the ask would be. Right. My concern is I don't think you, you're you're acquiring him, and you know instantly you cannot afford to sign him. Okay, but you get two runs out of him. That's the that's the big thing to me is you get two two kicks at the can with a fantastic player. And that's that's a lot better to me than Jake Ensel. Like, would you rather give up two first round picks plus for Pavel Bushnevich, or a first round pick, a really good prospect, and probably a second for Jake Ensel? Well, the the Gensel's hurt, so I'm a little worried about that. Um, I think that that at some point in time, I wrote about it today in the Athletic. The Oilers are going to have to get creative because they're working so hard to get the top six right, but the bottom six also does things. And they're they're they don't trust their minor leaguers. They don't trust Philip Broberg. They don't trust Raphael Lavoie. They're finally trusting Dylan Holloway. I I like. Are we really saying two years from now that there are three or four current Bakersfield Condors who are going to be here? I mean Broberg, I buy, unless he gets traded. But I don't see that with Xavier Borgo. Uh, if they were if they were invested in Lavoie, I think he'd be here or at least be here more often. Maybe Olivier Rodrigue. I know. I know they really like Max Warner, and I think Jaden Grube might make it, but he's a fourth line guy. Warner would definitely be top six defense, obviously, and probably a third pairing guy. But Chnevich is. I would say this: if Gensel isn't available, I think he would be the best option. He certainly is better than Riley Smith. Tri- Trevor Zegras is out there. I don't. I know the Oilers wouldn't trade for him, but apparently. Um, Mark Dumont citing uh, Pierre Lebrun saying the Ducks were casually talking but not offering Zegras. But do you remember how mad people were when the Otis didn't take Trevor Zegras? Does this does this current malaise change your rage with that if you had any? Or are people still just raged, raging because it was Broberg instead of Zegras? I'll be honest, I thought they should have taken Zegras, but... And I still think they probably should have taken Zegers based on one of them is currently in the NHL and one of them is in the AHL. But he is... Do you think signability had anything to do with that, boys? It might have. It might have. That's actually a a very good point that I hadn't really thought of until right now. But you know what? At at the end of the day, Trevor Zegers is most likely going to be traded. And what, what is he exactly? Well, he's highly skilled, but but he is he's struggled and he held out and it like you know and I hate to put it on the player because holding out is you should be a you that's that's a 
that's something that you have. But it, we saw it here with Ethan Bear that you, you know, it's almost like you are never forgiven for that, you know, and there is, you know, there is that threat. And I guess maybe that's why teams so often follow through on it and, and you know, don't don't endorse a guy even after he does sign. Darren Dreger saying that the Vegas Golden Knights could go shopping if Mark Stone ends up on LTIR, and you know he will, and you know they will. The one thing about the the, the NHL media that I that I um, y- you know find interesting is that there's there's this sense that that oh well it could happen. Look, Vegas has done this enough. I think we can call them out on it, right? Declan, don't you think that this is something we're watching it and we can say in real time, oh, here they go again and roll our eyes? I think we can. I mean, maybe, but I think it's built based around the real issue. Like, I don't think it's malicious. If he's ready for game one of the playoffs, people will Then you raise out. your eyes a little bit. Yeah. Then you raise your eyes a little bit. But and until then... A, like, uh, I, and it's, it's, a, it's a very vague injury that could have any amount of time. And I know that... that I know the NHL won't do anything about it, but I, I'm just saying this is a little convenient. And the Oilers didn't do it with Evander Kane um, a year ago. And Kane struggled, but he played. I just think it fits with, and I'm not saying, that I, if I were a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I'd be all over this. I'd love it. But Vegas does everything. They drive expensive free agents who help them win the Stanley Cup out to the middle of the desert and and send them on their way to Minnesota or Columbus whenever they can. Like they are they are the most brazen sports NHL team since Sam Pollock. They Sam Pollock traded guys as soon as he felt they were done. Ralph Backstrom, you're gone. And I think that the Vegas Golden Knights are a modern version of that, and I respect it, but I also think when it's really happening in real time that you probably are wise to mention it, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, Elliot Friedman saying that teams have asked about Dawson Mercer, who is the guy I recommended the orders pick when they chose Dylan Holloway instead. Dawson Mercer, really good player, having a great start to an NHL career. I know why they don't trade him. He's really good. Washington Capitals may look to deal Anthony Mantha, Max Pacioretty, Joel Edmondson. That's from Pierre Lebrun. Looks like the Flyers are talking to Nick Sealer. Isn't that a great name for a shutdown defenseman? Nick Sealer along the wall. I love it. The big news, of course, from Zichka. I always feel bad for young people when they do dumb stuff. I think it's because my dad hated Derek Sanderson so much. If you had lived in my house between 1969 and, say, 75, you would have thought that Derek Sanderson was public enemy number one and lived next door. Oh, that Derek Sanderson getting away with everything. My dad's big issues when I was a kid were Derek Sanderson, The Bitches Back on the Radio by Elton John. Oh, that was a bad one. And uh, he didn't like the streak either by Ray Stevens. Not a fan. He loved Pepsi Cola. He loved cheese sandwiches. And he loved radishes. And none of those had anything to do with Derek Sanderson. Public enemy number one. 
we've got a busy show. I have to work today because these young people have booked me solid. I can't be taking time off. I can't snore away. Well, I can in the last segment, but I won't because it's brilliant. On the way in the one o'clock hour, we have Murata Tesh from the Athletic Winnipeg to talk about the Jets and attendance and the worry that's come to the fore, courtesy of Chris Johnston article in The Athletic. Tyler, your check at 120. We'll talk about the deadline. We'll talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and what the orders might do. And declinations at 140 today. Declinations is five most disappointing players in the National Hockey League this year. I like underachievers better, but disappointing is probably relatively synonymous. It's with a that. dad word, right? Yeah. You know. That's why I don't let you. Like, anytime I bring up the word disappointment around you, I get a little nervous because I'm like, oh, I hope. <laughs> I, don't want the, I don't want there to be too much of a connection between those two and me with you. I, I've, you've never disappointed me. You, every time I ask you about Mrs. So Andrews. So you say. <laughs> Mrs. Andrews, you say something else. Uh, and you have your list too. Is this right, Donovan? Oh, I've got my list. It's, it's ready and raring to go here. Do you guys. Do you guys figure out if there's any overlap? I noticed there was one overlap last time. Do you care? We go out of our way to not discuss it beforehand. Okay. There could be some overlap, but I've purposely avoided a couple players in thoughts of they're going to be on Declan's list. So I've avoided some players that the text line can probably assume is going to be on one of the lists. And to Donovan's point, we talked about this earlier. He, I think I could be wrong, but I think he based his a little bit more on draft position. Mm. Mine was on current contracts. So, but I wanted to establish it is possible for us to go five and you name the same guy four and you name the same guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's in the cards and I'm sure we'll get there with one of the lists one day. It's like a bingo game. We could bet on it over under on, you know, the day we do top five Oilers in alphabetical order. (laughs) It'd be a great day for, for I don't know between the three of us, if we can figure out alphabetical order. Uh, okay. John Shipley. Beat writer for St. Louis, uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press on the way to talk about the Wild. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. Joined now by John Shipley from St. Paul Pioneer Press. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, Al. We don't have him yet? I thought we had him. All right. I mean, I had a great intro. Everybody can agree I had a really good intro. I mean, I nailed the intro. We just didn't have him. They're waving at me, and I don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn, I'm rolling. Well, I had a my first question. I might as well answer. Ask it now. My first question was about the game between the Wild and the Canucks. I don't know if you saw it or read about it or watched the highlights. It was on Monday, and in the third period. The Canucks are up 5-3, entering the third period, and they get outscored 7-2. I mean, this is like, I remember the 74-75 Washington Capitals. I remember the California Seals, who were just god-awful. And I remember the Ottawa Senators' first year. I've seen a lot of bad hockey and hockey teams. But it is rare in today's era, especially with a non-expansion team, although the expansion teams are strong, to see seven goals in the final period and a team lose uh, 10-7. We are now joined by John Shipley from St. Paul Pioneer Press. That 10-7 game is just lingering in my mind. I still can't believe it. I, I still barely remember it, and I was there. Um, it, was, it was hard to 
tweet and rider running and uh it was i i think i wrote on twitter all hell just broke loose here and that that's kind of what it was like well and it's like i i, I mean we, we erickson ack and uh kaprizov and and boldy zuccarello they had big games but like i i you know some really good players but you know brock Faber didn't didn't have a point at all it just it was I mean, it was is pure insanity. Both goalies played uh, for the Minnesota Wild in that game, but Casey's De Smith hung in yeah. there. Uh, it, it like yeah. it's just like a and and the power plays and the goals in a row. It was like a nightmare scenario for the Vancouver Canucks, and they haven't been right since. I know, right? They were up. I know, right? I, they it's like the Wild broke them. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I think, the Wild had three five on three goals um they they were in complete control of that game it was four to one late in about five to two maybe late in the second period and then they got they had a delay of game penalty on a power play and i think uh maybe a crush to some stupid penalty yeah. and that really that completely changed the game it, it um and i know you wrote about this because the 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 wilder i mean they're playing pretty well i mean they're it's not like they're they're in first place or anything and this is a tough tough wild card race in the West. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some good teams on the outside looking in, Uh, but they have injuries and that's a big part of the story this year, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, when the season started, this was a team that had to have everything go right. Um, And kind of everything has gone wrong. Uh, You know, they lost uh, Jared Spurgeon for the year. He played only 16 games. I, I looked it up today, not counting Gustavuson who, or Gustafson, who's been at, he missed some games. But seven of their key players have missed a combined 65 games. And the last one that really killed them was when Kaprizov got hurt in Winnipeg and they lost like four of their next five or five of their next six. And that really, that really put them behind the eight ball. So now they're just, you know, they're white knuckling it to the end so far. Anyway, it's going to be hard tonight. They're they're without Felino tonight. They're without Maroon. um, And they're without Bogosian. And that's a lot of size. Yeah. against a team like the Oilers. John Shepley, our guest beat writer for St. Paul Pioneer Press. They're also, and I think that it's, I know I forget, honest to God, I do. It's easy to forget that they've got like $14.5 million of dead cap that they just, like they have to yeah. somehow MacGyver their way around that. And I mean, I think it's this year and next year and then it's done. But if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, that is such a bitter pill because Without that, if they had actual, you know, productive players who were 14 point whatever million worth of players on the ice, they'd be a right. much better team than they are now, for crying out loud. I know, right? And and that's kind of why they were up against it. They, they're, from the start, it was so bad early that they couldn't even call up their best prospects because their their two ways didn't fit under the cap. So... You know, they and and to be fair, like guys like Vinny Letary have been pretty good for them. But yeah, they they've had major cap problems all season. They haven't accrued any. They can't do anything at the deadline except to trade people. Um, the only reason they've got you know twenty three guys or twenty I don't know how many they have right now is because they got Spurgeon seven. You know, I don't know. I can't remember what it is. Six seven million. Yeah. You know that they can play with after he's gone. It's it's. it's... It's this, been a big. It's been a big issue for them. The, the, you should write a book about this year because that cap issue is like. I think Garrett's <laughs> doing a hell of a job. Honest to God, I'm not kidding you. I think he's doing a hell of a job. No, with I this agree. Team. Yeah, yeah. I, if I, you look at the Bogosian trade, the seventh rounder for Bogosian, he's he's been good. The seventh rounder for Maroon. I mean that 
that's those have worked. Uh, getting rid of Kalen Addison's probably been a good idea. Getting Chisholm off of waivers has been good. He's made a lot of good moves, and they will. They've got I don't know four or five free agents who won't be around next year, so they'll have some money to play around with next July. Not a ton, um, you know. So they're not. It's they're not a lost cause by any means. They have a lot of good players. They could add, like you said, with fourteen million bucks, you could add like three top line yeah. players with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they got, yeah, they'll have a little more room next year. I can't remember what I wrote about it, but they, they've got, they'll have some, some money. Yeah. In the summer of 2025, the owners have a gigantic free agent coming available too. So, you know, the, the owner fans will want yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota to spend that money elsewhere, but it will give them kind of an artificial, I think the Bruins had that coming out of the original uh, lockout in 04 or whatever, where they just had a mountain of money mm-hmm. uh, to spend and Minnesota will as well. As we look towards the deadline, John Shipley, our guest, uh, beat writer for St. Paul Pioneer Press. There's some nice players there. I know that, that Oiler fans want Marc-Andre Fleury, but I, d- I doubt whether he'll end up yeah. here. But a guy like Bogosian, there's a few players on there. Is there any mm-hmm. rumblings about who might be going uh, at this deadline or is it still yeah. a little bit too early because they're in contention? The only... I think if, you know, Bill really wants to make the playoffs. I think, if, I mean, he always do, right? But I think if they're, what, they got about 10 days before the deadline, something like that? Yeah. If uh, two weeks. If they're out, they'll, I think they'll send everybody. I mean, I think Maroon, if he's better, I mean, Maroon back surgery, who knows what he gets you, the late-round pick maybe. Uh, Bogosian's been good. Uh, Flurry, he's got a no trade. Johansson's got a no trade. They have a lot of guys with no trades or partial no trades. But I, so I would think anyone that they can move, they'll move. You know, a guy like Johansson, maybe he wants to win, so maybe he waves that. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't see them hanging on to any of these guys. I think any of them, if there are takers, you know, then you just load up on draft picks and see what you get. That would be my guess because of the money situation they're in right now. I, I don't see anyone, you know, in Flurry. I don't know if he. I, this might be his last season. I don't know if he wants to go to another team, and he can he can really veto anything. So, but otherwise, you know, Bogosian gone. I think uh, Maroon gone. If, if if someone wants him, if he's healthy, um, I can't remember who else is on that list. Duhame, I think. Two, the two biggies. No. Yeah, Duhame. Yeah, I don't. Does someone want? I like Duhame. He, he is, you know, he's a good checker. I don't know if he would be a big, maybe. I never really thought about him. Well, he's speedy, I, right? I, like the Oilers are very, very slow very. on the fourth line, right? And he's got speed. Yeah, so, and he's know, tough. Yeah. 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 So I think he, yeah. he has. Duhame is, he never takes a shift off. He's one of those guys. So yeah. you're right. I never thought about Duhame, but yeah, he could be too. Well, I have nothing else to do but look at trade ideas. So it, it, it helps there, uh, John. <laughs> Flurry's the guy. We were just talking to Jim Matheson about that today. That you know, Flurry's the guy that you kind of wonder about with Edmonton. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's does he want to you know pick up stakes again at his age? I mean, he's proven everything. If there's one guy who doesn't have to prove anything at the deadline, it's it's Flurry. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So I I think he really wants to make the playoffs with this team. 
Yeah, I know Oiler fans are <laughs> Oiler fans are picking apart the the Penguins and the Wild, but I I look at both teams and they like the Penguins. Uh, they've got ten points in the last uh, ten games, and I, I think Minnesota has thirteen in the last ten games. But if you look at it honestly, in terms of games in hand and how far they're out, both of these teams have a chance. Like I understand not giving up. You'll find out in the next two weeks. But if you're Bill Guerin uh, or Kyle Dubas. Hell, man, stay because maybe you maybe you reel off of in this NHL anybody can win five in a row. Right? No, I agree. And the other thing too is like, what are you going to get from these guys? You say you do Hay Maroon and, and Bogosian. It's not like you're getting a windfall here, mm-hmm. right? In trading, trade. So you know, yeah, you can. It does make sense. They're right. It's gonna. They're gonna be in it until the last week, right? No matter what. I don't see them collapsing. I think, and there's going to be a lot of teams just like that. Yeah. So yep. it's it's going to be hard, I think, at the trade deadline. There might be more teams that think they got a shot than they really do. I don't know. So. All right. Thanks for this. Enjoy. Appreciate it. Okay. Take care. There Bye. you go. John Shipley, Minnesota Wild Beat writer for St. Paul Pioneer Press. I enjoyed that conversation. Bright guy, smart, told me I made a good point once. I like that. like that kind of thing. I got people coming after me now, and it's all Donovan's fault. Orders make me drink says, don't you dare float McNavich out there as a possibility unless you think it might happen low tide. Don't play with me. See, I say something and then all of a sudden people are hangry. Well, it sounds like a possibility because uh, Jim Matheson says they want Bushnevich. Apparently that's what one texture is texted in. I-, I don't know. Well, I mean, Maddie talks to people and um, I imagine Maddie and Ken Holland have quite the conversations. I imagine they have some some nice steak dinners out that I would very much like to attend and crash. Do you think it, maybe it, hide? You know, because I will say I love steak, but at my age, sometimes a good soup or a salad is good. You know, steak fills you up, puts you to sleep. You know, depends on the time of day, I guess. Depends on the time of day. Depends on the the setting. Maybe yeah. the mood. I used to be able to walk in, have throw down two or three beer, have a steak, walk out, no problemo. Not anymore. That kind of bog you down, you know. Maybe you'd go to the lounge and fall asleep, and they wake you up during closing time. I can picture you on a nice, uh, nice lounge couch. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I've been on many lounge coaches, Buster Brown, but that was a long time ago. That's not really my my jam right now. Okay, uh, we're, we're loaded in hour number two. These guys, you know, they're what they're doing now is they're making the old plow horse work. I have guests in, there's something in every segment in hour number two, and that's Friday. That's my cool down, and they've made it my work up. And so I got to actually pay attention because I've got Murata Tesh, Talk Winnipeg Jets in attendance. Then there's Tyler Uramchuk, and I got to pay attention, and it'll run circles around me. And then it's declinations with Declan and Donovan doing each of them. There'll be 10 total, five most, what was it, underachiever people? Underachievers. Yeah. Yep. But I'm not on the list. It's other people, NHL hockey players. NHL players only, yes. So okay. you did not make the list. So we can't go to Jay's management, even though we'd like to. Maybe one day, but not okay. today. All right. On the way, it's Murata Tesh. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for an update.